Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and settle ourselves, settle our, our mind our will and our emotions, just to let go of anything else that's going on in your life and just let God reveal himself to your soul, maybe even to your body, to your physical senses. He is present with you now. He is always present with you. Your spirit always recognizes him. But our soul and our body doesn't. And part of our goal here is to correct that. We want to be fully aware of God's presence, spirit, soul, and body. Being one, becoming one, returning to our singleness of spirit, soul, and body. That's what we're here for. That's what God's purpose in our lives is. It's not to accomplish something in our world, in our community. You are his purpose. You are his project, that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. We've, we make assumptions all the time about what God wants for us, what his plans are, how, how thoroughly we might have messed them up what his real desires and intentions are. And we do this most often by not even asking him. This week, take some time to just make an appointment with him him every day or as often as you can and just ask him, how are you doing? Lord, how am I doing? Now, usually we like to stick to yes and no questions. But this can be a really great opportunity to make a personal connection with the living God. Odds are he's not going to answer that question when you ask it. He'll answer it through circumstances, through a an acknowledgement of change, or in a, a multitude of different ways. He can he's gonna pick and choose how he wants to let you know how you're doing on his terms. But by just taking you know, you 
driving to work before you go into work, just sit in your car. Lord, how am I doing? And wait for five minutes. Over time, by continuing to ask that question, when the answer comes, which is going to be, again, a likely not a direct correlation to how am I doing? You're not going to, he's not going to say, here's how you're doing. Here's areas you need to improve. Here's areas I'm very pleased in. I have no idea how he's going to answer you. I know he's going to say he loves you. But we want to know how we're doing personally. What he is wants to encourage us about, provide direction, whatever. The goal is that it's a personal connection, not just information. And for that to happen, as we ask this question over and over, gently, quietly, we don't this is not about demand or fear of what he might say. But Lord, how am I doing? He will make the connection for you. He will connect a circumstance, a something someone says, a song, or a still small voice, a dream, waking you up in the middle of the night and just feeling comfort. That's his answer. And you can ask, Lord, is this, how I'm doing. The Lord knows we need encouragement. He knows we need direction. Your spirit knows your soul has these needs. The needs you have are from God. The faults you have, the failures are from God. We learn so much more through our failures because we have to depend on God because our soul fails. And and yet, on the other hand, success and victory comes with its own set and challenge of temptations, of opportunities to turn our backs on the habits we've learned. We start relying on ourselves. We can be distracted by failure. We can be distracted by success. This is why we always rely, want to rely on habit, turning to God, waiting on him, having a set approach to knowing him so that we have confidence that if God wanted to speak to us, we recognize his voice, we know how to respond. It's like with anything else, riding a bike. You want to learn how to ride a bike? You want to have confidence that you know how to ride a bike? You start riding the bike. And you go into different circumstances. You take it off-road, whatever. Whatever it is you want to get good at, 
you start practicing it. You want to get good at the things of God? Practice his presence. Practice being with him. It's something we can all do right now, right where we're at. We don't have to achieve a certain level of education or notoriety or be involved in a particular ministry or have a certain amount of time available. So many people, well, you know, as soon as I raise my kids, then I'll be able to give more time to God. Or as soon as I get out of this terrible phase I'm at at work, then I'll be able to get back to spending time with God. doesn't work like that. Now remember, everything that the devil is doing in your life is part of God's plan. Your enemies are there to serve God. There's no equivalent to God. There's not God and then his enemies are equal. Our enemies are equal. He is in charge of everything. He is using our enemies to accomplish his goals. If he didn't want Satan around, he'd be gone. But he leaves Satan and his little minions for us for a a myriad of reasons, to point out where we are relying on our own strengths, where we're vulnerable, where we're vulnerable to lies, to accusation, where we're, we're vulnerable to temptation and deceit. God needs tools to fashion us. to reveal areas in our soul that he needs to change. Again, he changes it. We don't. But we are participants. Remember who you are. You are a spirit being already. You're not going to become a spirit being. You're not becoming more spiritually mature. You are a spirit. but you have a soul and you live in a body here and now. We don't know what happened before. We don't know what's coming. And let's be okay with that. This is not, you know, so often we want to know the timeline. We want to know the the beginning and the middle and the end, most especially the end, so we can prepare. So if we know what the expectations are, we can fulfill them. That, okay, to get a crown, to to get a throne, to get a crown, this is what we have to do in this world. We have to evangelize. We have to win a thousand souls. We have to introduce Bibles into a nation that has never had Bibles, we need to accomplish certain things. We need to be in church every time the door is open. We need to raise godly children, whatever it is, because we then have a purpose so that when we die and go to heaven, our reward will be a throne with a crown with X number of rubies in it. And sometimes, hopefully, that, that seems like it's kind of flat, kind of unappealing, that this is what 
our relationship with God has been reduced to, getting something from him at the end of our lives. And that in a lot of respects, because then you always get that, well, you know it's going to be satisfying but it, because it's from God. And he loves us and he will be, it will be satisfying just sitting around on thrones, judging the angels or, you know, whatever. Instead, let's go, we don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We think we know. Many of us, not all of us. But part of our challenge is, why do we want to know? So we can control. So we can meet those goals ourselves. If if God told you these are the three things you needed to do in this life in order to receive riches beyond belief in whatever way is satisfying in the next life, odds are really good you'd have no problem denying other things and focusing strictly on those three things. But one of those things that you wouldn't focus on would be God himself, a relationship with God, allowing him to change you. You would then feel empowered and obligated to meet those three things, accomplish those three things yourself. There'd be a reasonable expectation that you wouldn't even need God, that if these are the three things you need to do, you can do it. God wouldn't ask you to do something that you couldn't do. So as we evaluate, when God starts touching what we believe, and we have to go, you know, I never thought about it like that. What if, what if, you know, there's the story about we spend our whole life learning to make the perfect apple pie only to find out God doesn't like apple pies. God wants you. Now, spiritually, he's already got you. But he wants you to be whole and complete and entire. And it's not so that you can accomplish something. Again, he doesn't need your help, but he wants your involvement. And this is kind of a difficult concept because he wants your involvement not to accomplish something, but because your involvement accomplishes accomplishes something in you. Being involved in what God is doing changes us. It teaches us to live as a spirit being. It teaches us to use our solical senses, and it teaches us to bring under all of our physical characteristics. He's prepared your way for you. Your way today is going to be different than it is tomorrow. And that's exactly what he wants. Now, there's this whole idea that, you know, he's building up to something. 
that all of our yesterdays led us to today, and then they'll go to till tomorrow and then the day after. But really, he can take a detour anytime he wants because it's not the thing that we're experiencing that matters. It's the change that was wrought, the healing that we received, the new beliefs, the old lies being removed, how the experience affects us is what matters. So we can leave an experience right in the middle of something. You know, say you think you're thinking God is calling you to write a book or start a band. You pursue that and you spend time with God as you're pursuing it. And you realize at a certain point in time that God is leading you a different direction. And so many people have gotten up behind you and are rooting for you, and you're working hard and you're thinking this is what you have plans for your future. And you realize, no, this is God's taking me now in a different direction important that we recognize that that's just as likely as God fulfilling the initial direction. That it's not about getting from A to B to C to E to D to E to F. Could be from A to X to K to Z. It's are we hearing him? Are we responding? Are we enjoying the process? And this is how we have a personal relationship with him. That he's the one who gets to tell us how we're doing. He's the one who gets, has the authority over our lives to be able to encourage us when we need it. Give us that critical feedback to give us the Warning to give us the change of direction. Whatever it is we need, he gives it. So keeping in mind that his goal for you is that you would become one, spirit, soul, and body. Not that you would accomplish something or be ready when you go into the next world, but that you would be one. And he's the one who does it. You, your involvement is for your benefit. He's going to do it, but you being involved, you will benefit. He's going to do it anyway. Which, like so many things, brings us always back to how we learn to practice his presence, to recognize the voice of the Lord, to have the confidence that we are hearing God clearly. Now think about a good friend or a family member. When they call you on the phone, most of the time they don't have to say, hi, this is your brother, John. 
odds are you recognize his voice. He starts talking and you recognize, oh, it's John. You may not recognize it at first, but as he's talking, okay, it's John. Likewise, your boss or your neighbor, you recognize somebody out in the back calling. You go, okay, that's such and such. From by experience, you recognize their voice by hearing it. And this is what we always come back to. It's experiencing the presence of God and how to do that and how to take the anxiety and the question out of the process so that we can approach knowing God, letting him be the God and lessen the likelihood that we're going to be anxious about missing him or making a mistake because odds are really, really good. I can almost guarantee it that you're going to miss them and that you're going to make a mistake. So what? Learn, move on. And it's not so much, okay, you we're going to end up with this great huge notebook of all these notes that, okay, I learned how to do this, I learned to recognize God through that. No, he is conforming you into his likeness and image, spirit, soul, and body. There's an effect, not just an education. He is making you, transforming you, not just educating you. And again, it will be for your benefit. So we've been talking about his personal presence and protecting the presence. Now, when I was certain places where I worked, this was really important. God really showed up a lot of times right before. You know, a lot of businesses are like this. We had meetings that were just, you know, we just had to have a meeting. And they would be so boring, and they would be so incredibly unproductive. They would be so frustrating. And what God started to do was show up with me right before those meetings. Now, you never know what goes on in these meetings, so you have to be, you know, respectful and participate and available. But I would, this is one of the areas I learned to just protect his presence just by by setting him on a shelf, just by having him right next to me. You know, having a tent, having him ready, as soon as I'm out of that meeting, I'm going to meet with God. And sometimes we would end that meeting and I'd be able to go out to my car, sometimes just to the restroom, sometimes it would be the end of the day. But that's one of those areas that an, an annoyance turned into a real benefit because I could develop a pattern where I could recognize him, his presence, and not push him away, but also learn we have control over how we spend our time. We can still participate. I've used the example of brain surgery. We can still conduct brain surgery while we're waiting for the, for our, our, the first opportunity to meet with God. So see if there isn't something going on in your life right now 
that that would pertain to, that he's been trying to get your attention at the worst possible time. Where you're already, you've got big plans, and all of a sudden your plans are wrecked because God wants your time. And sometimes you can give him that time right then, and other times you can't. How do you, we, we are going to have to learn how to deal with both of those, with being respectful to others, being respectful to ourselves. This, is, this does not give us license to be rude to people, but also recognizing that as spirit beings, we have control over time. When we protect his presence, when we say, Lord, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to come meet with you, God does not hold that against us. We are being respectful to all concerned. And yet when we say we're going to spend time with him, but we fail to do so because it's inconvenient for us, that's a whole different ball of wax. So we want to learn to be respectful to God, to ourselves, and to others. We can do all the above. He's the one who teaches us. He's the one who gives us the opportunities. And again, just see if there's something going on in your life right now. And if not, ask. Lord, have you been... Make you know, trying to draw attention to yourself, and have I missed you? It's real easy to get caught up in life, and learning to hear to be to practice his presence to hear his voice, we are still going to be participating fully in life. But we are also learning to live as a spirit being. So we've talked about drawing back from conversation and then just in the back of our minds, this is how I'm going to meet with him and then meeting with him and then moving on. Sometimes God, you know, doesn't really have anything to say. He just wanted to teach you how to Keep his presence present while you are doing other things. But some other times, he's going to be having some things to say. And because you've made yourself available according to what's going on in your life, you're going to hear things much more in a much more timely fashion than if you said, well, Lord, I'm not going to... You know, since I'm at work, I can't talk to you till I get home, for instance. Now, for situations that are less critical, less, say, that, you know, aren't going to be obvious to anyone, where nobody else is going to know that you're responding to God, but where your actions may be misinterpreted or offensive, like like say you're at your boss's house for dinner and the Lord draws your attention to himself. 
again, you don't need to be rude. You don't need to get up from the dinner table and say, I'm going to go spend some time in your backyard. The Lord is calling me to be with him. You still, you protect his presence by just drawing back from your conversation, just having in your, you know, in your internally that God is right there. He's not even in the back of your mind. He's right there. But you're being respectful to where you're at, to the other people around you. Don't put everything you've got into the conversation. Reserve some of yourself to protect his presence. This is kind of dividing yourself. And and through experience, you'll learn how to do this. Then as soon as you get in your car, as soon as you're out the door, as soon as you're you, you know, on your way home, pull into, you know, a, a gas station. And ask the Lord what's going on. There's these little practical techniques and approaches that will make the make learning his presence and the the process not only doable but enjoyable and even exciting. What is God going to do next? When you start making yourself available to God in whatever situation you're in, God loves to have fun. You know, we think that sometimes that God is a fuddy-duddy, but think about the funnest time you've ever had in your life. Where do you think that fun came from? Whose idea was that? That was God's idea. It was his idea of fun, and he wanted you to have it. He's not there to ruin your life. He wants you to enjoy this life and enjoy him and enjoy the journey. So we'll pick it up here. Next time, the same time, next time this week, same time next week. And if you've got any questions or comments or feedback, feel free to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until we get together again next time, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.